Welcome to Full Scope, a podcast of two guys in their 20s, giving their perspective on the games that we love, the headlines in pop culture, and the mini mod at all. I'm your host, Wendell Burns, and my counterpart, Savon Morris, was not able to be here tonight, but I'm joined by a special guest, a first-timer, um, Ali Henney, the vice president of the Witness BCC, uh, a Black Christian collective and host of Homing the Roots podcast. Um, Ali, thank you so much for, for being on the, uh, this first time and on a short notice. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, de- definitely. I'm so excited to have you. And um, for this episode, we're going to review The Pursuit of Happiness. And to start with the overview for The Pursuit of Happiness, um, it's a 2006 biographical drama film directed by Gabrielle Nusina and starring Will Smith as Chris Gardner, a homeless salesman. Uh, James Jaden Smith co-stars making his film debut as Gardner's son, um, Christopher Jr. The screenplay uh, by Stephen Conrad is based on the best-selling 2006 memoir of the same name uh, written by Gardner with uh, Quincy Troop. It's based on Gardner's nearly one-year struggle being homeless. Uh, Thanny Newton was also a part of the cast. It had a budget of $55 million and brought in $307.1 million in the box office. Has a 67% rating on Rotten Tomatoes and Will Smith was nominated for an Oscar and a Golden Globe for Best Actor. Um, but Ali, started off like, what were your initial thoughts on this film as one that was, you know, enjoy an enjoyable film with a good story? Like in terms of when you recently saw it or, or maybe first saw it, kind of like what were your initial thoughts um, in viewing it? So I've actually seen this movie twice. I watched it the first time um, whenever it came out on DVD or whatever, Back at way back in the day, whenever um, DVD. Netflix DVD, I don't think some of you listeners even know what DVD is. Yes, <laughs> yes, the digital video discs, <laughs> I think, is what is what DVD stands for. Um, so if this is even shows how even more ancient I am, um, I watched it with Netflix. Notice I said with Netflix and not with, on yes. Netflix, not on. as in mm-hmm. I got the DVD, the disc with the movie on it in the mail. And then I took the disc and I put it in my DVD player or probably like my PlayStation 2 or something like that and was and watched it. And so um, the first time, like I remembered watching it, I remembered it the first time. I remembered it um, being like enjoyable or whatever, but then, and I, and I knew what it was, and I remembered what it was about. And so then whenever you contacted me to be on this, I was like, you know what, I better, I better watch it again. Um, because it's been, that, that's, that was probably like 2006, 2007, whenever I first watched it. So I was like, let me go ahead and watch it again. So I watched it. So I watched it again, um, today and I could understand why I probably have only ever seen it once because it is mm-hmm. just, it is so like, it's so intense and like I'm one of those people that I watch a movie and like I feel like all the feelings about movies and stuff and I don't and like right. I don't want to say like I don't like it whenever like stuff happens in movies but the pursuit of happiness there's just like bad thing after bad thing after bad thing yeah. that happens and so it's just like another. oh my gosh it's one out it's just like one thing after another so then so there's like the difference between that um so so there's like the whole like oh my gosh one one bad thing after the other and then the difference between what way back whenever i watched it um the first time i had only been married for like you know year year and a half maybe maybe two years at that point um no kids and this time i'm watching it like married with two kids and um one of my kids, uh, about the same age as um, as the the character Christopher uh, Junior was supposed to be, and then just even remembering like where my where my oldest was, it just it was just like I, I don't know. There was, it was just like a completely different experience. But 
Um, I enjoyed yeah. it. I definitely thought the first time I watched it, um, I, I would say that I that watching it a second time, um, I think that it's that it's better than what it was um, than that I watched it the first time. Yeah, that was that was the same thing. Like when I initially uh, initially watched it, it didn't have the same impact that I did like for the latest time that I was able to watch it. Um, in, in terms of in terms of like judging a movie, like how much does the first viewing, like like when you first see it, how much do you put into like how you rate a movie or does it take like a, a two or three times for you to like fully be able to give it an accurate rating? It depends on the movie. Um, it yeah. depends on the movie. It depends on just how invested I I was in the movie um, in terms of like, in terms of just like, is this a movie that I, that I was anticipating? Um, was it like, so something like, you know, like a Marvel movie, like, oh, I'm anticipating that. So my, right. um, my view and kind of how I go into the movie um, is going to be a little bit different than this is just something that I wasn't really expecting or intending to watch, but I'm here watching it or I'm maybe mildly interested in it. Um, my approach to that is just going to be, it's just going to be way different. And so um, in terms of rating, I feel like that most of the time, most of the time my ratings um, don't really change, but I will say, I mean, this is, this is one of those cases, the pursuit of happiness is one of those cases um, where I would say that my that my idea of the movie probably um, improved a little bit with time, and it, and I didn't think that it was a bad a bad movie to begin with, but I definitely think that it that it was better th- this time around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so f- to to deal with our first topic, one of four stars, what would you give it? And and, and we talked about the the our thoughts on on ratings overall. Um, what would be your particular rating for for this mo- movie and some of your reasons? Yeah, so I would rate this movie, um, I would say maybe three stars, maybe 3.5 stars. And my reasoning for that is that I, like, I thought that the movie um, was, was very good. I thought that um, Will Smith was very good in this movie. And I'm, I'm an old enough fogey um, to have, (laughs) to, to first of all, remember Will Smith as the Fresh Prince and the not the Fresh Will Prince, Smith, the not the Fresh Will Prince Smith. of Bel-Air, <laughs> yeah. but just the Fresh Prince as in DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh right. Prince. Um, I'm, I'm old enough to remember, to remember the, him as the Fresh Prince. <laughs> and then of course the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and then yeah. him um, becoming more serious. So, so like back, you know, on, on Fresh Prince, like whenever he couldn't really act and he kind of progressively got better at acting. And then all of a sudden he has this movie career. And then all of a sudden, like he has this mu- music and movie career. So it's kind of Will Smith. And then he like, like early in his movie career, like he would do this whole thing where he would have like a track on the movie soundtrack. So like mm-hmm. Men in Black, like he yeah. had that, that like Men in Black was a, bo- a blockbuster, but like, Part I think in part because of the song that that mm-hmm. went with it and it, and you know he's all you know rapid and whatever and it's about the and it's about the movie so then it was like this whole tie-in so the Men in Black was it was a big was a big blockbuster and then the same then you know around that time like Willie uh, uh, Willie Style came out I can't remember I think that's called like like 
Willy style. I, I, I don't, I don't want to say what I think the yeah. t- title actually is because I think that because it's kind of not right. Um, and so, um, <laughs> like, I want to throw like big in there somewhere, but I'm pretty sure that that's that, that that's not it. Um, mm-hmm. That's not the title of the of the um, album. But then um, he was in the movie Wild Wild West, and so then he did like this whole um, music this whole song with Drew Hill again I'm dating myself because I'm because I'm somewhat old um but this whole <laughs> thing with Drew Hill and if you remember like Cisco and Drew mm-hmm. Hill um but this whole song with, with Drew Hill and whatever Drew Hill was featured on the on the song so anyway I remember Will Smith's career like that like so so Independence Day um Men in Black Wild West and then I mean he, he's, he's had some in, hits and misses he's, he's had, had some, some hits, hits and, and misses, misses. like he's had some hit, hits and misses but like um I really felt like that pursuit of that, that the pursuit of happiness kind of came at a point in his career um and really it probably is what made him like a serious actor if that makes sense right. so like yeah. Where, so like you know he because there's what is it King Richard, um that movie that that's going yes, to yes the, the uh, new movie that's about to come out the new movie that's, that, that's about yeah. to come out about about the um Venus and Serena the, yeah, Williams' Venus dad Serena. he plays Venus and, Ser- and Serena's dad um but also Ali how could I forget that that he was also he definitely Muhammad Ali he probably wouldn't have gotten those roles if it hadn't been for this movie and so um, I think that he did such a tremendous job of just showing, showing different, different range, whatever. Um, I thought that Jaden, um, also did like exceptionally, exceptionally well, um, for a little kid in a movie, you know, the subject matter and whatever, like sometimes, you know, kids, kids in adult movies or kids in, in, um, not adult movies is probably not the right word. Um, <laughs> that's probably not. Like, that's a whole different PG kind of thirteen rated movies. Like, like PG, yes, PG thirteen rated movies and above. Thank you. Um, movies, movies that are that um, are geared toward the not the children market, but geared toward yeah. toward teens and older people. Um, sometimes kids in those movies can can be kind of hit and miss. But I thought, and especially with that being like his first movie, um, he was he was very very just natural in it. Yes, um, there was some more natural more natural compared to After Earth. I don't know if you've seen After Earth. I've not that, seen that. It's not yeah. I've not seen that, but I would we could definitely <laughs> like like I could definitely feel like like that there was realness like kind of in the father son relationship. There were some points where he got on my nerve where I was just like, oh my gosh, like like why why I'm like I'm flashing mm-hmm. back to my own children. Stop stop asking why. <laughs> um, but then there were some moments that were also um kind of like you know heartbreaking where like he dropped his little Captain America doll and they have to leave his little Captain yeah. America doll and like that like was really just because I have like this whole thing with toys and like because. I play I play um the Toy Story movies for this, but like I just have like this whole thing um with kids like losing their toys, like particularly stuff like you know, stuffed animals and action figures and that type of stuff. And I'm always mm-hmm. like really, really vigilant with my kids and their toys whenever we travel. Um, in fact, like half the time I don't even like really let them take a lot of stuff. And like I'm all, like we they take stuffed animals or something, like we're all like I'm always you know, counting to make sure and making sure, mm-hmm. you know, that they that they have everything. So that scene was, was <laughs> so that te- that scene was particularly intense for me because it's like you can right. see like the little action figure just laying out there on the ground and I'm like Okay, is there gonna come? Is there gonna come a point when he's gonna get his last? Yeah, is he gonna be able to go back? <laughs> like he never gets like, like like somehow the return story. <laughs> like somehow you know he manages uh like like the the main character Will Smith's character manages to get like two different ones of these machines that he lost yeah. 
back, but then like the baby can't get his Captain America doll oh my back. Goodness, come on. Oh my <laughs> so yes, I took off half his star because the baby didn't yeah. get his Captain America. That's where but the rating came in. <laughs> that's where that's where the half rating came in. But no, um, so th- so there were some there were some aspects. Um, you know, Tandy Newton. It was just there was so much that that was just really really well acted. But but where I had to deduct. Um, like a full star, like half a star at the at the bare minimum, but really like a full star. And really, I'm being nice because like because I, I almost want to deduct like like one and three quarters star from it, and give it a two point seven five. But I but I don't because I feel like a two star rating is like too low. Like to be like you even two point seven five is like a little bit too low. See, for yeah, it. yeah, two star rating just seems as though it was an okay movie. Yes, and so it's not. This was a pretty good film. Yes, and so it's not an okay movie. But there were but there were a few things um, about the movie that I had a problem with. Um, first of all, just looking at like the cast of the movie, I felt like the story um, was a very male dominated story. And I felt like, so, I mean, you know, of course you have Chris Gardner and you have like that, that main character and then you have, um, the son, um, and then you have, you know, they're, they're staying at different men at like a men's shelter at different, at different points. Um, whenever they experience homelessness, he's working at this, trying to work at this, um, stock brokerage firm. And so you have like all that, like this very, very male driven plot, but pretty much every woman that was in the movie was it was a negative role. Yeah. And so like like it was like like every single woman that had that pretty much that had a speaking part in in the movie, it was negative. So mm-hmm. like um so or that had like a, a major speaking speaking part, I should say. Cause I mean I guess there was a couple of women that were just kind of, you know, extra and accessories. But like the hippie woman that stole the machine. Like like it was a woman that had to, that had to have stolen the machine. That was a negative interaction. Um, interaction um, whenever they first get kicked out of the hotel and are trying to find some place to live, um, trying to find some place to stay at a shelter. The the black woman at the shelter is like, "Sorry, you can't stay here." And she's not mean, but it's like a negative interaction with her. But then, like mm-hmm. for me, the worst part of it. The worst part of it actually um, was some of the interaction, some of the story with um with the 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 wife girlfriend whatever i think in real life it was it was his girlfriend they actually kind yeah, of it was girlfriend. they they actually kind of um smashed several like like so so this was based on a true story but like um and this actually is another part of my part of my critique but they took a lot of artistic license with this guy's story and so like you you'll have to look it up on wikipedia because mm-hmm. I, I won't get into oh, wow. into all of the the issues into all of like the so it's like the, so like the movie itself is good but then they took so many artistic liberties it like almost was like wow you took all these artistic liberties and you still had like the the women in the story coming out as trash like it was, so it was, yeah. it was really, so, so that was even kind of, so it was like, I probably would have been okay if I had just watched the movie and not done the thing where it's like, oh, now let me go and find out more about the background the research. Let me do the background research. Yeah. As soon as I did the background research, it, it actually lowered my opinion of the movie a little bit because it felt like, mm-hmm. wow. So you took this man's story that was all like, there was already some, some stuff like with it and you made and like you made some stuff happen that didn't actually happen and then it i, I don't know so so like um so yeah i just i did i, I had an issue um with that cuz like it was one of those things that, that if that if um his 
wife, girlfriend, because um, they, they, like I said, they, they put those two characters. Um, he was married at one point, and then he had an affair and mm-hmm. got a woman pregnant. And so then he moved in with her while he was still um, legally married to his wife. Right. And so then so then his wife had actually left with their son at some point and then came back and brought and and um then and then um Chris Gardner took custody um sole custody of his son. Um so that was a different so that was like a different story than like so so like not the wife the girlfriend i'm messing pe- messing people mm-hmm. i'm sorry there was a girlfriend had had left at some point or no excuse me the wife had left him at some point and come back i think and then like the girlfriend was whatever i can't i can't remember now now just look it up on with yeah, like, it's, it's a conflicting it's, story. it's, 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 it's a, a big it's story. a big it's, it's, there's like a lot of moving parts or whatever and i and i and then again yeah. i understand why they've just composited like the the woman figure. I, I'm not mad about that. But I didn't right. like, but but what am I trying to say? Let me get let me get back on track here. So what I didn't what I didn't like about the portrayal, um, about how uh, about um the character that was was his wife slash girlfriend, um, the part that basically they they made up was that he um started selling these machines. And like in the movie, they have this whole thing like he basically bought spent their life savings on these machines so that he could sell them. And so then he's selling mm-hmm. these machines and it makes money and blah, 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 blah. And right. so like, they, so they cast the woman in like a really bad light for being mad that he spent his life savings on these machines. Yeah, they were and like judging her. Them. They were like low key judging her for even like being upset that he would that he would do that. Yes, and I just thought that that was really. I just thought that that was really weird. That like she was then like kind of cast as like okay, well she's and so so then the fact that that didn't even actually like if it had actually happened, it actually happened, and like you can't be mad about something right. that had actually happened, but that didn't actually happen. So it was just like. That that wasn't how things happened. So it's like, okay, so that that wasn't what happened. And so, or that wasn't like all of what had happened or all of how it had gone down. So you have like this whole thing where it's like, oh, well, this woman wouldn't support his dreams or his aspirations or whatever um, of selling these machines and trying to make money. And so, you know, meanwhile, like they're they're poor and like you know, living hand to mouth, and like we're somehow supposed to feel like we're supposed to feel bad that mm. she left him, and we're supposed to feel bad that like we're and we're supposed to like judge her for leaving her child with him whenever he said whenever he told her like don't take my child from me like we're su- we're supposed to somehow like judge her for that and i didn't and i guess i didn't like that and then the yeah, other when i first saw it when i first saw it i viewed I, like they painted her like the enemy like i always felt yes. like, okay this is yes. this is the this is the, like the, the 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 um the opposing figure to the protagonist in this film but that's really not how it is when you watch it you know multiple times yeah yeah you kind of think of like well god well gosh like you really made some bad decisions here, dude. Yeah. Like you spent your, instead of just working a job that wasn't sales and that wasn't like whatever, that wasn't commission based or something like that, you mm-hmm. you decided to spend all of your money on a machine that, I mean, it'd be, to be fair, this story takes place in the 1980s. So it's not like, you know, they had the internet to be out there just to be able to research what stuff was and to know what the demand for these machines and stuff were. But it's yeah. just like, yo, like, 
that's like I, I don't know I had a problem with that and then I also just had a problem with some of the like the positioning of um the positioning of capitalism like the positioning like mm-hmm. the positioning of people making money and somehow like that's the pursuit of happiness and that's happiness and that's whatever. And like this, like the story of just kind of, you know, work hard and pull yourself up by the bootstraps and whatever. And you'll eventually get what you want. <laughs> and you'll eventually get what you want. You'll eventually, yeah. you know, like where I see where it's like, okay, they're like, like just not saying anything about the, about the real guy, but just saying like the, the dude in the story. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, so this man makes a series of bad decisions. And so then he has to then work really hard to get himself out of the fruit of some of those, of some of those bad decisions. But yeah, I think that the movie also shows like how much it costs to be poor but like right. it paints this whole like picture of well if you just are tenacious enough and you know show up someplace and get an unpaid internship and work really 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 hard that you'll make it and that's just not everybody's story and i'm not saying that it, that that's what they're trying to prescribe but it's just like right. wow this is really feel good but at the same time it's uh, unrealistic it's an unrealistic portrayal as well Yes, it's it's an unreal, unrealistic portrayal, and it's just also kind of like, oh wow! So the dude became a stockbroker. Wow, that's <laughs> that's like wow in the in the eighties. <laughs> and again, I'm I'm old here, so I was I was born in 1985, so I don't actually like remember these things. Remember these things, but they like definitely had an effect on people's lives like later mm-hmm. and you kind of hear about it because it's because it's like a uh, baby boomers basically um and, and their generation kind of getting into stuff so you had like that that baby boomer generation that was like a whole moment like being being involved with with like you know the stock market and stuff and buying stocks and selling stocks and i guess evidently becoming yeah. stockbrokers that was like a whole like thing um in the 80s and then the stock market crashed in 1987 and like that ruined a whole bunch of people's lives. And so I think that watching that too, where it's like, oh wow, you see the dude driving the Ferrari and all this other type of stuff, it just kind of feels like like an apologetic for yuppies. And I and if you don't know what a yuppie is, a young urban professional is what they is what they is yeah. what that is. I'm sorry, I'm just like being being all kinds of an old person. On you're not saying that you don't know what those things are, well I'm just saying like like maybe your audience doesn't doesn't know. Yeah, my audience probably um, doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> your audience probably doesn't know what these things are. So it's like let me let me explain. Because I'm just being, you know, all, all kinds of uh, geriatric millennial on here. And so yeah, so it's like you know these these people, like the whole like yuppie lifestyle thing was was baby boomers basically who were you know in their like 20s and early 30s who um started getting started making a bunch of money and like in fact baby boomers they used to call them the me generation fyi so where they start like but like i'm old enough to remember certain things so gen zers out there like whenever they start calling you names like yeah call, like you need, to, you need to call your your millennial siblings i'm in that 97 cousins, range I mean, i'm in that 97 gen x, range <laughs> right right you need to you need to call your uh your uh gen x aunties and uncles up <laughs> 
And the millennials, your millennial cousins, your Gen X aunties and uncles will tell you, like, no, hold on a second. These old people got so <laughs> twisted. These old people got it in here. But they used to call them the me generation, right? And, like, the whole thing was, that, like, the whole, that, that whole zeitgeist, not all of them participated in this at all, but this, but the whole kind of cultural thing, the cultural zeitgeist of the time was, was these, these, people who were in who were living their best lives in their in their 20s and 30s and they were about making they were about making money and about having nice things and like all that type of stuff and they did that and then like a lot of them lost everything um mm-hmm lost everything and then you know as if they didn't learn from that like you know 20 years later they did the same thing um yeah. <laughs> some of them did the same thing and crashed the stock market in 2008 which is which is wild um but anyway so i guess it kind of like just really like espouses um some of that ethos and yeah like i'm sitting here you know in, in a whole panini like um and like, wow, you know, we we have like like we're sitting here like 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 our generation sitting here in a Panera bread, like, mm. yo, it's not that easy. And we're sitting here having, <laughs> having had like a recession, and really, we're probably going to end up living through like two recessions in the space of almost twenty years. And it's like, yo, this isn't. Like, this isn't it. Like, this ain't it. So anyway, so that's, like, that's a whole bunch of stuff to just say that. I'm just like, fam. Like, so so, th- so those issues, wh- those were my issues. Those were, there those were definitely were some major flaws. Those were, those, were some, those were some things. I'm probably thinking about it, like, way too deep. But I'm just no, like, that's, you know that's what? A, I cannot, that's a great rating. That's a I great, that's a great description for stars. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I couldn't go there either. Like, I, I personally would give it um, three stars. I, I feel as though it, it did contain an incredible story and, and, you know, there was, you know, superb acting from Will Smith and the emotion just never stops being uh, powerful in, in totality. But uh, transitioning to our second topic, favorite character, um, you know, Chris to me is, is he's still like the overwhelming just force in this movie. You know, there was just so much true life vulnerability that he exhibits with his son and just um, had a very distinguish- distinguishable performance. Um, but to you, like in this film, like who, what kind of, what character like stood out to you overall? Ooh, let me think of that. Um. Hmm. Hmm. Let me oh. think. Let me think. Let so me it's think. a long. I, it's a long time. <laughs> I want to. I want to give. I want to give a, a good answer. Um. So I would actually have to say I'm gonna go with um with the with the woman Linda or whatever whatever her name okay. was. Um. Yeah, uh, like I, I, I have to say that I think that, um, yeah, I would have to say that I think that she that that I I liked her character. I I really felt like, um, I felt like that she was that 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 character was well acted. Um, mm-hmm. I think that you could, I like I guess that that as a black woman, like I could feel her tiredness. Like I could like mm-hmm. like you could just like you could feel like how how tired she was, but then like in the in the scene where they do the where they do like the whole flashback to whenever um, they first buy all the machines and everything, like you really see where like she's excited, she's happy, she's enthusiastic, she's supporting him, she's she's carrying the machines into the house for him, and then like you contrast that with how she was ultimately whenever she left 
and um, they're two different. They're two different people, and I felt like that. Um, I felt like that that she didn't have a huge part in the movie, but just the broad range that that she had. Um, I thought that the broad range of of affect and and character and stuff that we got that we got to see from her. Um, and honestly, I felt like that she was the most real character um out of everyone in in the story. So um everyone else was just kind of almost either a either a caricature. Um so like you know you have the um people who work at the daycare who are just who are just kind of caricatures. Right. Um you know you have I mentioned the the woman who told them that they couldn't that they couldn't stay at the shelter. I mean the, that they couldn't stay at the shelter. Um that was not like a caricature in a bad way, but it was just kind of like, oh, of course, you, you're going to be the person to tell them that they can't stay there. The um, the couple, the, the Asian people who owned the um, who owned the daycare, that definitely was like a caricature, maybe not not necessarily in a good way. Um, the the rich white men at the firm were all just kind of were all just kind of caricatures of like successful people and and whatever. Um, the the dude that he goes to the football game with. Um, all the right. folks that he's at the football game with, those all just feel like caricatures. Um, he, and so then, like, Chris almost has, like, this um, kind of superhero-type quality to him. Um, and then Christopher, the son, Christopher Jr., the son, almost kind of, like, has, like, this kind of almost, like, ethereal kind of magical sense about him, kind of, like, wizened and wise beyond his years and blah, 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 blah. Um, but she was, but but Linda was the most real character. Like, she felt like she was the most, like, real accessible person that was an actual person with actual feelings that what that it wasn't just a that didn't just feel like a facade or didn't just feel like oh wow this person's really being aggrandized here yeah and, and, and it really really does feel like that overall in the totality of the film when you look back at it um transitioning to most memorable scenes um i had a no why and happiness where chris takes his son to the um local daycare center but asks for the profanities and misspellings around the daycare to be cleaned up for the children's sake um, also running after getting off the phone where Chris spots his stolen um, bone density scanners, uh, the Rubik's Cube where Chris explains his aptitude for this stockbroker job to Jay Twistle while he twists and spins a, a Rubik's Cube. Um, basketball and Dreams, of, which probably would be my pick where, you know, after moving Christopher into his new apartment, uh, Chris shoots hoops with his son and gives him an, an, just an important life lesson on uh, protecting his dreams and aspirations. Uh, cold calling where as, a, as part of his internship, Chris makes cold calls to sign from the bottom to the top and uh finally chris is hired where chris gets the big news that he's been granted the the coveted stockbroker position um but so you like in terms of the the scenes that were kind of the most memorable and maybe ones that i didn't mention uh what were kind of some ones that uh sit out to you in this one so i the scene like the whole like big long scene where he's um in the in the taxi Doing the, solving the Rubik's Cube, you mentioned that one. Um, but then, yeah. like, even after that, because, like, there's this, this kind of whole kind of arc that happens where he's riding the taxi and he's doing the Rubik's Cube. He's trying to, you know, sell sell himself to this to this guy, like, you know, let me do the internship or whatever. And so he's doing the Rubik's Cube, and then he does the Rubik's Cube. The guy gets out of the taxi without paying. And so then Jay Twizzle gets out, gets out of the... the um, taxi without paying so that he's riding yeah. in a taxi and just feeling that the the tension of watching so the tension. numbers 
on that meter go up. And so it's going up and it's like $18. And you might think like, you know, $18, like, I mean, you can't even get in, like, I, I can't even get an Uber five minutes away from my house in Chicago for $18. Like, I, I can't, I can't do that today. But back then, like, if you listen to like all the different prices of stuff, like $18 is like a lot of money. And so he's just yeah. sitting there and he's like, and so there's like an attention of like, you know, he doesn't have, he doesn't have the money. And so that tension going into him, just like escaping the taxi and running and grabbing his machine. And then he goes, he makes it all the way to the, the the taxi driver is like chasing him everywhere, chasing him through the through the terminals, mm. chasing him um, through 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 the metro ter- terminals, chasing him everywhere. So he, and he finally gets on the train, and then the door shuts on his arm with the medical machine. He ends up dropping. The, <laughs> excuse me. Oh, the, the door um, shuts on his arm, and he ends up dropping the medical machine. And so yeah. it's like. But like that, like that whole scene was just so like there was so much tension. And like I said, I'm somebody that really like has all the feels when I'm watching a movie like that. And so I'm just like, oh my goodness, just let him solve the thing. And then he solves right. it. It's like, okay, <laughs> just let just let something good happen. Yeah. And then like you think, okay, something good happens, sort of. And then, like, the guy gets out and he doesn't pay. And you're like, oh, my gosh, like, let something happen. It's good to happen. And then, like, he's running. It's good. (laughs) And and then, like, nothing nothing good happens in that scene. And I feel like that's, like, a lot of what that whole movie is. is, It's just, is that it's just a bunch of, You're anticipating good moments and they just don't come. Yes, and you're like, oh my gosh! Like again, like you're the Captain America doll. Like the baby's gonna get his Captain America doll back, and like it doesn't, and it doesn't happen. And I'm just like, yeah. So that that was for me. That was a, that was a scene um, that really stood out. And then the other scene, um, the other part was when um, they're with the the guy, the CEO guy, and they go up to his house, and you know he's there just trying to trying to hustle, you know, this dude. And whatever, and then he invites him to the football game. Then the other scene um, was when he goes to the CEO guy's house, and um, he's like, he's you know trying to like hustle this dude. He had missed the meeting with him, so he's trying to you know, hustle and like sell this dude the 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 um, retirement package or whatever it was, whatever it was that the product was that they were selling. He was trying to sell some, and it's just kind of like, oh wow, okay that's really like like a lot of ingenuity and then they go and and you think like okay like he's talking about the football game and then like he gets invited to the football game and then and it's like oh my gosh like what's what, what's happening and just like mm-hmm. what kind of heartbreak a lot awaits us so i'm thinking like is he not gonna have money to pay is it gonna be like just all this other different type of stuff and so then whenever yeah. they get so then you know it turns out okay guys gonna give him a box like he's gonna get a seat in the box like all this other type of stuff and then the dude mentioned something about like, oh, do you want to put that machine in your car? And uh, the son like starts to say something about like, we don't have a car. And so he starts acting like he got stung by a bee. And so he acts like he is stung by a bee. And then that kind of like, that's like a distraction and diversion. And so he's able to get in the car with this machine and he's able to keep, to, you know, go to the football game and whatever. Um, and so then even like, like that reminded me of like the, like another scene that I thought was really, it was like really good acting. Um, on Will Smith's part is they're at the football game, they're in the box, and he takes them, and, and so then he's then, then he gets the moment and he tees it up and he pitches you know to this guy about managing his retirement account, and the dude is just like, 
you just started at this job. I am not going to let you manage my account. Right. And so then it's like that, oh my gosh, that scene was just so, like, like the acting in that scene was just so great because then you see it where it, it's just like, so he's just like, you enjoy the game. And so you could like see the disappointment. Like you can, or you even see it, you like, you can feel the disappointment. Yeah. Because you can't see it on his face, but you can feel the disappointment. And then you see like, you know, the, the kid is like, his kid is like cheering and really super yeah. excited. And so he's really acting really super excited. But like, it's just like, oh my gosh, I've got to, I've got to like be fake here in this moment for like my saving face for myself, but then also in front of my kid and just like all this other type of stuff. And that, like that part really, that part really got me. That part, like that part really got me because I was just like, wow, there's so many things that he is, that he is doing here. And yeah. like, you just, you just feel that, like you just felt that Definitely. moment and it was a lot. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. And now we're getting into the second half of this review. And to start with the most memorable quotes um, I had, that maybe happiness is something that we can only pursue and maybe we can actually never have it no matter what. Um, also, don't ever let somebody tell you you can't do something, not even me. Um, I'm the type of person that if you ask me a question and I don't know the answer, I'm going to tell you that I don't know. Um, also, you've got a dream. you got to protect it. People can't do something themselves. They want to tell you you can't do it. If you want something, go get it, period. Then finally, this part of my life, this part right here, this is called happiness, um, which was, you know, one of the, you know, final closing quotes of the movie. Um, but to you, kind of like, what were some of your uh, most memorable quotes from this film? I am so bad at like quoting stuff. I can tell you everything that happened, but then <laughs> like, quotes. yeah, but then like, it's a particular oh, part. <laughs> ask me to like, you know, directly quote somebody or whatever. I'm like, oh, what? I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea that that they said words there. Um, but one of the because you you said some of the ones um, that I that I would have that I would have picked out, and I'm glad that you picked those out because you said them much more articulately than I did. <laughs> um, the other one, and this is just like weird and and kind of random, um, but he says something um, to the effect of like some things um, you can only do one time before they before they stop being fun. And um, mm. it was in the, the, the way what happened, like kind of the context of that quote was they um, were, I think it's like he had just gotten, um, he had just sold the last machine and they had money and they were going to go uh, to a hotel. And I also kind of was tickled by the part where the, he's like, we're going to go to the hotel. And the kid was like, a hotel because that is how my kids act whenever we mention <laughs> whenever we mention hotels so that so there was a lot of realness um to that scene for me and so um so you know the son is asking like okay well are we gonna stay at the shelter are we gonna like like what are we gonna do and so he says something about staying in the cave which of course we have a cave there there's this whole scene where they're make playing make-believe and they end up um and so it's kind of a way for him to kind of help um diffuse the situation the fact that they get kicked out of the hotel and they spend the night sleeping in a bathroom um in the metro station or the train station whatever this metro station i yeah. don't know what they what they call it um in in san francisco but it's the metro um they, the underground the subway um station and they end up um sleeping in in the bathroom locked in the bathroom there and so um in reference to that like the sun is all like 
oh, like, like, are we going to stay in this place again? And, um, and so he just is like, you know, sometimes something is like fun one time, um, but then it's not, but then, you know, you do it again and it's, and it's not fun or whatever it was. The, the, the quote was much more profound than that. Like I said, I'm terrible at quoting, <laughs> at quoting things. Um, but that, but that uh, quote was very, very real for me um, right. in some ways, like as a, as a parent um, where, like, first of all, I thought that, that he did um, kind of a good job of like diffusing that, that, you know, with, with a child, because as a as a parent, it's like there are times when there are things that are that are difficult that you have to share with your child or that you might have to walk with your child um, through, and sort of how you do that as a as a parent um, says a lot about or it not, it 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 can it can go a long way in determining mm-hmm. kind of how your child. Um, response to that situation and what they internalize right. from the situation and whatever. And so I thought that um, they set that up as a really good moment of he's not, because I mean, in the, in the, whenever they were at, in the scene where they're in the bathroom, like he just starts crying. He's holding, he's holding his son's, son's sleep and he just yeah. is crying and crying and crying. So, so that was like a horrible low point for them. Right. Right. And it's like, but he, but the way that he frames that is like, okay, yeah, this was kind of a one-time experience. This was, this was like an experience that like, we don't want to repeat or we don't have, or hopefully we won't never we won't go, have to go repeat. through again. Like, we don't want to go through that again. Yeah. But like he was, but he was still framing it in a way that was, and he might, he may or may not have used the word fun, but he was framing it. But the thing that, that really, I, that I got out of that scene was that he was framing it in a way that like, okay, that was an experience and we have that experience and we, and we don't necessarily need to revisit that experience, but he was doing it in a way, he was talking about it in a way that, um, that was, that was, I guess, first of all, like, you know, age appropriate for a child that is supposed to be five years old. So kind of age appropriate in that respect. Um, but then also just, it was just, it was just a different, it was a different way of, of looking at that when, I mean, he could have said like, you know, no, we're not going to sleep in a bathroom ever again. Like he could have, you know, like whatever. And he couldn't, of course, at that point, he, he wasn't able to make promises as to what they could or couldn't do as to what they, you know, would or wouldn't do. Yeah. But they, but it was like he was just framing it as like, no, that's not like that's like that's not a good thing. Like we're like I don't want to do that. And so I just so I thought that that was um, so yeah, I just thought that that was a, that that was just a profound, a profound um moment. And so that you know, in addition to um, to the different the different moments that you mentioned, the different quotes and stuff um uh-huh. that you mentioned. And then then I guess the the other kind of like funny moment, um, funny kind of quote is um whenever he's in the elevator with the with the guy and um after they they had taken the test and so you know the one guy was the first one done and then Will Smith's character was the second one done so they're riding the elevator and he's asking him like you know how do you think you did what did you you know did you what what do you think about the graphs and the guy was like oh I, I thought those were easy and he was like you know what about the essay questions like you know, I was kind of like whatever and the guy's like, essay question on the back. It's like, what? That was, that was just, on there? <laughs> and he's just like, 
Because 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 the thing was like, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, I struggle with whatever, but I got done. So I thought that was a good that, that was first of all, like him talking about like how he got done. He was kind of like, yeah, it was kind of difficult, but I got done by finish. Yeah. Like I thought that that was a good moment because I was almost like, did he did he not finish the test? Like did he because because <laughs> everything that he had to do, he had to do everything like really quick, right? So I'm yeah, like, exactly. So I'm like, did he just like because I'm just thinking like another moment of like heartbreak, like mm. oh my gosh, did he have to quit the test early because because he had to go get his son and he didn't do everything. And then we find out for sure, like, yes, he did do all of the tests. And yeah. then we find out that he did all the tests and he got like all of it done where this other guy in the elevator like realized, oh, he missed an essay question. He was just so quick to, to jump out there and be like, oh, look, I'm done. I'm the first one done. <laughs> and then like, it's missed like, the oh, major you, part. <laughs> you, missed, you missed the essay question. And so the, and he was just like, you're so like nonchalant about it. And I just thought that that moment was great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, transitioning to what did you like the most about the storyline? Um, you know, to me, I really liked just how it dived into and addressed, you know, life lessons that are the type so essential to learn from and embrace long term. I mean, that scene with um, with with Chris and his son about just, you know, not letting anybody tell you, you can't do something and, you know, how that can translate to life in, 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 a, in a real life setting. But that was, you know, a, a very powerful scene and moment and just kind of correlated with how they res how they were able to translate the storyline. Um, but to you, like, what particular element of the storyline did you kind of uh, like the most? So I actually liked um, the talking about Thomas Jefferson, like tying that into there. I mean, Thomas Jefferson was like trash, but like, yeah. but the idea of like tying like some of the some of you know the the life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness aspect right. into it. Um, I could see where maybe some people would be like, wow, that was really on the nose. Like he's at a payphone and he sees a nickel and he thinks about Thomas mm. Jefferson or whatever. I can see where you might be like, where, where people might be like, oh, that was, that was really like whatever. But I, but I guess I really, I really liked, I really liked that element. I really liked that element of the story. And I liked then how um, he talks about the, um, how Jefferson used the word pursuit. Like, it's and then he kind of has like this whole thing about about pursuit and pursuing happiness. Um, so yeah, that that was something um, that was sort of an element that I thought a, a scene, an element, whatever that I, that I thought was great. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, 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 a, and a character that you know you, you mentioned, Linda was your favorite character, and you know Tandy Newton. She's had a very high, you know, highly decorated career on, on both the big and small screens. You know, she's done. Uh, period dramas, big bu big budget blockbusters, and also has been in a, a cerebral type of show like Westworld. Um, has won a primetime Emmy, was nominated for two Golden Globes for being Maeve in Westworld. Um, just in terms of just her this this character, she was able to you know pull off very well and make it a real life, uh, just a relatable type of character compared to some of the other ones. Um, what were your thoughts on just her overall performance and also just how her how her career has been able to expand recently? Because she she definitely has had a storied career that has had, you know, different roles in different type of settings that she's been able to embrace, not just in movies, but also in TV. Yeah. So, you know, I'm looking at some of her, um, some of her filmography right now. And um, it's just, she definitely has like a, a broad range of things that she's been in. Um, it's one thing that's interesting is I mentioned Thomas Jefferson and she actually played Sally, Sally Hemings um, mm. in a movie um, with, was it, let me see if this is the Nick Nolte movie. Yes, it is the Nick Nolte movie. Okay, yeah, the, the weird movie um, called Jefferson in Paris. Um, I'm trying to think, I think, I, I don't think I've actually seen that movie, but I think I've seen, I've like 
I remember whenever it came out and like some of the discussion around it and whatever it was, it was just weird. Um, mm. But but they, but she played um, but she played uh, Sally Hemings in that movie, and then just like um, you know, looking at some of looking at some of her her other credits and stuff, she has done like a diverse a whole you know just diversity she's done of a lot. stuff she said that she's done <laughs> a lot i mean you know she's in she's in uh you know the chronicles of riddick um yeah. she's in solo she was in um, mission impossible 2 mission yeah mission impossible 2 um she was in beloved um i feel like that was like maybe a straight to tv movie or a tv movie um with dating lover and oprah winfrey um based on uh uh tony morrison's book beloved um, yeah, she was just, she was in, she just has been in, um, a lot, a lot of different movies. I'm trying to, I'm like, I'm looking through to see if there's anything that somehow, like, I'm forgetting that she was in, that I've seen some of these movies, like I've seen, you know, maybe once or yeah, like, not a lot. With him. but, but, but there's not a lot of things I'm like, oh yeah, I've, I've seen that. Like, and I've seen it like yeah. a million, a million times to really be like, whatever. Um, to really, but I think that just like I'm looking at the movies that she's in and, and the types of movies and the types of roles and stuff that she's played, and she is you can tell just from like you know the types of stuff that she's been in that she is an an actress. And what I mean by this, like yeah, well you know, duh, she's in a movie, she's an actress. But no, what I mean is like you know, there's some actors that um they kind of have a lane or whatever that mm-hmm. they're that they're in. And they'll yeah. play um, some of the they'll play in some of the same types of movies, play some of the same types of characters uh, repeatedly, and um, you know, so oftentimes like it's because you know they they maybe have like one breakout role, and so they, they just get typecast or they keep playing like the same types of characters over and over again. Um, there's some actors that that um, that are very successful and so they choose movies they like really kind of curate their career um to be in movies that are big or going to be big or going to have some type of appeal and in fact i think that you can that you can actually um contrast um tandy newton with will smith in that respect so like um will smith has gotten to the place in his career i think where um He's he's maybe taken um, a few more like kind of risks or kind of what whatever. I think he's gotten to that place. But Will yeah. Smith tends to be in like blockbuster, like action, whatever type movies. That's like, his lane. That's his that's his, lane. that's his that's his lane. So like even movies, because you might say, well, some of these movies that he's in like didn't really do well or they didn't do as well as one would have hoped for a Will Smith movie um to be. And that is that's totally valid. Like, like yes, like that, that you know, there's certainly movies that um Will Smith has been in that haven't that haven't done well. But like th- like I think that I, I don't know how because because I'm not like you know like a movie buff by any means like like I like I watch movies I respect I respect actors, um, but I'm not like I I don't know I feel like that there's people that like movies are like life for them and I can't say that movies are that movies are life I just I know I watch what I watch I know I know what I like um, I watched Inside the 
inside the actor's studio. I watched that for years. Um, mm. I, was, I was a drama kid um, in in high school. So like I so like I, I'm not saying that you know I I know like a whole lot, but I'm just I, I just kind of you know, know what I know and, and know what I look for. And so I don't know if blockbuster is like an actual genre of movie. Um, cause I feel like that people often like call like blockbusters like, oh, it's a blockbuster because it made a lot of money. But I really feel like that blockbusters are actually a genre and it has nothing to do with what the movie, how much the movie actually makes. It's just like the movie is playing toward a certain crowd. It's, it's something like, like blockbuster movies often like are either a like full of action and not very deep. Like, and yeah. that's okay, but they're like, they're things that, that are feel good. It's, it's a popcorn movie. It's just, a, just it's a, a, yeah, it's a popcorn movie. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. So, so it's like something where, um, so it's something that, that everybody can sit back and relax and watch a movie, or it's a movie that kind of um, maybe has some of those qualities, but then there's some movies that are like, the movies that are like trying to generate Oscar buzz. Like there are some yeah, movies that like sure. that are like really out there that you can tell like they are they are doing everything they can to try to get all kinds of Oscars and stuff. And so like yeah. like an example of that, that I think of is um, Uncut Gems, which is which Definitely. I don't think is a terrible movie. There are a lot of people that hated it. Um, I actually thought that Adam Sandler was great in it. Um, he killed it. I, he 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 was he was great. It, like like I I really felt like like I I enjoyed it, but you could tell that they were like trying to get Oscar buzz. With oh that. yeah, they wanted that. They, they like they that they want they wanted it for like every every decision that they made with that movie, mm-hmm. from the casting on from casting Adam Sandler in that role, casting Adam Sandler casting um, Eric Bogosian, which a lot of people don't know like who he is, but he's written stuff that people maybe would know um, what, what, um, what, who, who he is, but they, but just from like, from the ca- uh, uh, casting of Dina Menzel, like, so all, so from the casting on down, that movie was like, was like, okay, we are really trying hard to get an mm-hmm. Oscar. Yes. Um, just like some of the stories behind it and everything. And so like, like, I feel like that, that, that is like a particular genre of movie, right? And so, yeah. like, like that's like, like that, that, like I would also call that like a blockbuster type movie. And so that's, so that's totally Will Smith. That's totally his lane. That's totally his whatever. That's how he's made all kinds of money. That's how he's able to be like really, really super duper rich and and you know, cool. We respect that. But you look at Tandy Newton's filmography, and you can tell that like just by her filmography just by the types of movie and stuff that she's in that somehow like I don't because I don't want to say it this is in a way that's like disparaging to to other actors who like Will Smith who who choose the lane that they choose but Mm -hmm. it's it almost I just look at it and I'm like okay she really is making movies and she really I can tell just by by everything that this like she almost excuse me goodness I keep on like coughing let me try this again That she she really sees movies as like an art, yes. and so she's going to take like she's not trying to take roles. It doesn't look like that. She's like trying to take roles that are just like, oh, this is going to get me an Oscar, 
Like, I mean, maybe she's doing that and she just has really poor judgment. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's not working. Really, she's just, so being so, like, oh, she's so artistic. Um, but it's just, but it's just not working. But you can tell, like, okay, she, there, there's some, there's some selections that she's made where it's like, okay, she was, she was probably in this movie, like she's probably in Mission Impossible too. So she could get a little bit of money. So she could make some oh, yeah. money. Um, that you know, that was a sequel, that's whatever. She was probably in that movie, so she can so she could make make some money. But then like, you know, but there's but there's you know other movies like like Crash. Um there's there's I'm looking at Crash, like I said, you know, Jefferson, Jefferson in Paris, um, you know, her work in Beloved, um, that you that you're like, okay, she probably took this role because like it it meant something to her like not that you know her roles don't mean something to her but but like that but that is like okay she saw something in in the characters um mm-hmm. that she was portraying and and wanted to and um wanted to like bring that to the screen and so I really um appreciate so so then you know to get to get more directly you know, to the question is that I is that I really um appreciate so so knowing that about her and kind of knowing some of some of her range and everything I really appreciated that about her performance in this movie um that she took a role that really was just kind of like like honestly not a very good role um like not a very good like like that character could have Linda could have been just like kind of a very flat character she could have just been like really angry and mean and like she could have just been really angry and bitter and just like whatever but she took that character and like and like made her into someone um that i feel i I felt like she made her into someone who was sympathetic um you know again there being multiple years you know, like maybe 15 or how many ever years i can't do math right now um 15 16 years between between my time seeing the movie um i didn't i didn't really remember her um the, i didn't really remember her whenever i went to go watch the movie again um but then like watching it again it was like oh wow that was that was just like a I mean, we weren't, so it was by, like, we weren't supposed to really remember her in a way. Um, right, but she, yeah. like, I don't think that the movie was, was created for us. They weren't to, trying to intend, intend for her to be remembered. Exactly. Like, they I mean, they weren't, they weren't trying to, like, you know, put her up for, like, a Best Supporting Actress nod or something yeah. like that. But I look, but just, like, looking at um, just how, just how well she acted, because that was more, mostly, like, what I was watching this time, um, was watching, like, some of the acting, I'm like, wow, she, she really, she really, really brought a lot of energy to that part that could have just been like a throwaway, hey, I'm bit, like one time I was happy and now I'm angry and bitter. Like she really brought mm-hmm. um, a depth and range to that character that I, I think that, that a lot of other, a lot of other actresses would have played Oh look, I'm I'm happy. Oh we oh look, we were so happy before whenever you bought all these equipment, all these pieces of equipment that were gonna be that took our life savings. And now I'm really upset about it. But she really like you just like I mean I I watched her. I just like I could feel her exhaustion. I could feel mm. her anger and her frustration and like the sense in which like she loves her child 
but like also she just has to get out of the situation because the situation was bad and so she just so she just did what she could do and i think that she that she humanized that character that i think otherwise was just supposed to be thrown was just supposed to be thrown away um right. i think that they were just supposed to throw that they were just going <laughs> to throw away that black woman <laughs> like yeah. that i think that the people who wrote it i don't even know like if black folks wrote it but but whoever wrote it was just like we're we're just going to like yeet this black woman out this movie like we don't really care and Tanya Newton was like, no, we are not going to do that. She stepped in. She stepped in. <laughs> she stepped up. She was like, no, in fact. It's not happening on my watch. <laughs> we, are, we are not just going to throw, we are not just going to discard this black woman. Yeah. Y'all are, y'all are going to see me. Y'all are going to mm-hmm. see my pain, my anguish, my frustration, my, my, my sadness, my, my everything. She, she did that. She did that. Absolutely. Well, well, getting to our last topic, uh, 10 years from now, we do this on every movie review, 10 years from now, do you, do you still think it'll be watchable and intriguing? And, and I know you mentioned it, it had been a while since you had seen it the second time. Um, to, to me, I do think this will be a watchable and intriguing film. It's not one you re- will revisit a lot, but it is a very, you know, it, it's it's a heavy film, has heavy moments. Um, you know, we see exceptional performances um, for, for, from, from you know, the, the top tier actor, for, from Will Smith and, you know, Tanny Newton's just deep and, and raid range felt uh type of a uh, performance but to you 10 years from now do you still think this will be a watchable and intriguing movie that's a really good question um i think that 10 years from now let me gosh i'm trying to think of how to say this this, this is like a really deep question and this is i know this is whenever our guests are on for the review that they, they always struggle with this last question because because a decade from now like a lot can change perception right. can change Right. And so I'm like, wow. So I think that because I, I, I know what I want to say and I'm trying to think of how of how to say it in a, in a good way. So I think I, I, I don't know how to rate this film in terms of watchability in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I will say is that I think that the story is enduring. So, I mean, even now, I mean, even whenever it first came out in, in 2006, you had um a story that had taken place you know 25 years in the past and so there was already kind of like this other worldliness to it um you know for me as somebody born in 1985 so this this happened before um you know a few years before i was born um i wasn't really like familiar with the time even though i could sort of i i could I could um, catch different reference points to the to the time period, and not just because they they had you know the, the the title card on the screen telling us where it was and and what time it was, but just in terms of you know the the hairstyles and the cars and the prices of everything, I, I have some sort of frame of reference um, for that time period as kind of, you know, like the time period before I was immediately before I was born or whatever. Um, so it was already something that already kind of feels, feels old. Um, so that like, or it felt old back, um, back in 2006, 2007, whenever I first saw it. So now it's like, it's kind of the same sort of deal where the theme, like regardless of um, the time period, just like the theme of somebody going through adversity and overcoming adversity and having a lot of adversity and a lot of different things and a lot of heavy stuff. I feel like that, 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 that people in 10 years 
would still watch this movie um, for that. Yeah. But then the part where I talk about, like, the part where I think, whenever you think about, like, the word watchability, I'm not, like, I don't want to say that in 10 years it will somehow be utterly unwatchable like we're like we're gonna be like oh this is this is utterly unwatchable like we can't like this is so this has this is so full of like whatever i don't think that that it's going to be unwatchable in that sense but i think or i would like to think that um we would look in 10 years would look at the story or, or let me rephrase that that we would look at the storytelling and mm-hmm. some of the choices that um, that the writers made, that the directors, that that the powers that be made, that we would look at some of those choices, especially as compared to what um, this person's real story was in some ways, and we would say, hmm, like, okay, that that was great for that was great, you know, for kind of this this movie that got some Oscar buzz. I mean, Will Smith got nominated for for yeah. an Academy Award and stuff for, you know, for for that time, those themes, those themes worked or those particular plot devices worked. So kind of, you know, that the angry black woman who wasn't going to support her 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 husband, whatever whoever he was, um to to him, they never really specified their relationship. That 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 I I would hope that in ten years, so you know twenty something years after the movie was made, that um, we would really start to to question that more. I mean, you know, I'm questioning it now, mm-hmm. um, but I hope that we would that we would question and critique that more, and that um, we would we would learn that like black women's feelings about like whatever like aren't a, aren't a plot device like. Black women's anger exactly. is it is it like isn't a plot device? It's not it's not a got you, um, especially as it pertains to like because because I say black men's dreams, but it's really not even black men's dreams. It's like men's dreams, and some and there's some aspects where I feel like that there was even um, maybe an exploitation kind of of the of the dynamic between black men and and black women mm-hmm. um that there was kind of like an added layer to that um like so if you add the layer of of race to it where it almost kind of feels bad and this is something that i actually didn't even didn't even mention um some of the parts where it's like you know they're having him go get stuff and like like the guy constantly is having yeah. him go get stuff and some of the ways that like that that some of these like white men um treat him um are like horrible um are like are like terribly problematic and you know you're talking about it's it's 20 almost 20 years after um the civil rights movement and like i felt like if there was just no real reference to that and i just and i and i would like to think that in 10 years um i'd I'd like to think that now that audiences would be like okay hold on hold on a second like why why is this in the movie and if it and if it was true and if it and if that type of stuff really did happen why is there why is there no commentary on this like why i mean with all the artistic liberties that y'all took why didn't you have will smith's character like looking like he felt some type of way for having to run and get coffee and having to go and do this and go and do that and give somebody mm-hmm. $5 and all this other type of stuff. And like, um, 
yeah. So I guess that I'm, I guess that I'm just like, and I'm just like, I just had like a moment where I thought of like how the scene where he gives a dude to five dollars and like he just his the, the look on his face afterward like almost feels like a meme. Yeah. Like that, that whole, <laughs> like the whole, like the whole thing like that. That scene just played out in my mind where he's like looking and he has like no money and he gives the dude five dollars. The dude like walks off with his five dollars and just like the look on his face, but just sort of like that is such a meme. <laughs> but like that, like I mean, it's like the situation is horrible because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, he gave this yeah, dude it's his a horrible, last five dollars yeah. but at the same time i'm like that's a meme <laughs> that's, a, like, that's, that's, a, that's a whole meme <laughs> like when you're just sitting there with your wallet open like giving giving your money to to student loans or whatever like i mean he had a lot of meme worthy faces in this film will smith yes, had a lot of meme worthy <laughs> he did he did i mean of course that's where we get the, the will smith if you didn't know that's where we get the will smith crying gif yep. from is from is from this yeah, movie um, but yes, he definitely had had a lot of looks, but I just really feel like that the scene of him standing there on the steps with his wallet open and a sad look on his face, like somebody needs to doesn't meme, get talked about enough. Meme that. I mean, it just it enough. doesn't. I'm like, you know, that's that's like pay, that's you know people's faces where they have to pay student loans, mm-hmm. like that's that's every that's that's everything where they got to where they got to you know, pay pay rent and and everything else. But yeah, so so I guess that like for me, like the the aspect um, of watchability. Um, that's something that's just really, um, you know, in 10 years, it's like, again, so it's like, I don't want to say, oh, well, in 10 years, this movie is going to be rendered utterly unwatchable because, because of its problems. Um, I don't think, I think that because it does, it does what it does really well that we are able, and because it's set in a time, like a set, it, it wasn't a movie that was intended to be contemporary. So like, if the movie, if if that movie or the premise of that movie had been set in 2006, we would maybe in, in 2021, I think that we would look at it differently and be like, wow. Yeah, very much differently. Yes, like, wow, there's a bunch of sexism in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's not like overwhelming. It's it's actually like silent sexism. It's not, it's not at all like in your face at all, but like, wow, this is really sexist. Like, like women speak maybe like five percent of the movie if even that much um yeah have, have like they like i would wonder what percentage of dialogue in the movie that women that women had i mean it, it has to not be very very it's a much. very low amount it's a very like like i mean if it if it broke five percent i would i would be shocked, shocked. yeah um if all the women characters in the movie cumulatively if it, if it was more than five percent i would be shocked mm-hmm. um so like if it was set, so if it was set in 2006 and then we were watching it in 2021, we would have a, a much, a much different view of it. Um, but it was set in 1981 and it was yeah. made in 2006. And so I think that the fact that it is a period film, because um, that's, you know, we think of period films like, you know, being like the Civil War, or the Revolutionary War, or, you know, mm-hmm. World War II or something like that. Funny how all of our periods revolve around war. Um, but that's, that that's like a whole other thing. That's but, another um, conversation. That's it. That's a whole, that's a whole other conversation. That's a whole other episode. Um, that's a whole other, that's a whole other episode. But it, it would be, you know, we, we think of like, oh, you know, period films being like, you know, big, like costume dramas or something like that. But really, you know, 1981 and 2006, 25 years before that's a period film. And so I think that the yeah. fact that it's a period film um, actually is what is what um, makes it not unwatchable, would, would make it not unwatchable because we could look at this like, okay, well, this is reflective. 
this is reflective of a certain time period of the attitudes and whatever in a certain time period. And even though we would be like, huh, you know, that was interesting that in the early mid 2000s, they, they still weren't dealing with this or commenting on this in a movie. Um, but it does, it does what it does well. And so since it does what it does well, I think that um, I would think that, you know, even a decade from now, that viewers um, would would still be able to forgive um, as they did a decade ago, um, mm-hmm. as I did a decade ago, a decade ago, um, <laughs> a, a decade ago or yes, more. Yeah, I guess it's still it's still a decade. We're almost it's like 15, a decade and a half ago. It's yeah. 15 years ago. Um, so almost two decades ago. Um, it was, you know, two time periods ago it's a 20 it's the 2020s now but it was like the 20 it was the oddies um so two two time periods ago two time periods ago long time yes long time long time ago man listen and so yeah i think that it it does it does what it does well and that we um and so we're able to forgive it and we're able to yes um, we're able to be like, oh wow, this is so heart wrenching, and the acting is done so well that um, that it's not maybe as uh, the, the the problems aren't maybe as glaring as they should be, or like I said, you know, we're able to we're able to um, if not forgive, we're able to kind of push maybe some of our uncomfortable feelings aside um, with those things. And so I think that in, that in a decade, because, because everything about it is so strong, I think that viewers in that time period will, will be able, uh, might still be able to do that. Definitely. Well, Ali, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on for the first time. Just thank you so much for your insights and, and being gracious with your time. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me on and let me like ramble on about stuff and cough <laughs> and, and, every, and everything else. No problem at all. Well, that wraps it up for tonight. I'm your host, Wendell Burns. This has been Full Scope. See you later.